Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. There we go. It is February 15th, 2022, Vengeance Day, NXT, and big news day. Raj Giri, the man himself, joining me and Alfred Kanawa tonight to talk about all the news in the world of wrestling. Uh, Issa is off this evening. Uh, Raj, what, what happened today? I saw some tweets, some things. <laughs> yeah, it's big news. Um, not sure if you heard, but The Rock opened the Super Bowl. So that was... Hey, uh, let's go, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, WWE can get a prop from his movie, but, you know, apparently the NFL can get the man himself. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh no obviously uh the, i mean it's been a crazy 24 hours just last night the news that stone cold steve austin uh it's looking like he's going to be wrestling again at wrestlemania 38 uh most likely against kevin owens and then today this morning cody rhodes issuing a statement that he is done with aew he is a free agent he has been a free agent but now he is completely done with aew uh tony khan issued a statement thanking cody uh huge on so many levels with with cody brandy is also gone she was the chief branding officer so two executives gone uh the same day so uh yeah it's just it's a wild story when you just think about it i know alfred i'm sure you too glenn uh when the story first broke that he was a free agent i think a lot of us just assumed it was you know posturing and kind of just getting a better deal and you know kind of a way to negotiate a better deal but I don't think many people thought that Cody would actually be leaving when when that story broke. So this is a this is a huge huge news story, and we're sure it's not a work, right? This isn't an elaborate storyline. It's not a work. No, there's no. I mean, this isn't how you do a work. Even if it was, it would be the worst in terms of how they're pulling it off. This seems very real for a lot of reasons. And Raj was just saying that Tony, like a lot of people, didn't uh, you know just kind of assume that Cody would be back. And one of those people does include Tony Khan. And I think he's just yeah. learned a really tough lesson in that regardless of what you're assuming or what you think may happen, like Tony Khan needs to be a little bit less of the cool dad. I think he's a good authority figure, but there is that kind of dynamic that they treat Tony like he's a friend, like he's one of the boys, even though they know he's the boss and he does call the shots. Uh, there is an element of Tony Khan being friends with the talent in addition to their boss and something like letting your talent on TV when their contract is expired is not something he should do uh, moving forward. It's not something he should have done with Cody Rhodes. And in addition to that, you're looking at this MJF thing that he keeps doing, openly negotiating with WWE on AEW's television. Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody's assuming it's a work and it's kayfabe, but a lot can change between now and 2024. And 
WWE come 2024 or whoever buys them is going to have a lot of money to throw at an MJF. And if they just see him off on AEW television doing the bidding war of 2024, they might think, hey, we can continue that storyline in our company. So Tony Khan needs to maybe step up and, and not let you know his uh, contract uh, negotiate on television in addition to not letting them on TV without a contract. But I think he's learning that the hard way right now. And, and Alfred, and, and, and regard, oh, sorry, Glenn, I was going to say, uh, Glenn, regarding it being a work, that would mean that Tony's working the boys. And I don't see him doing that. He's just yeah. not that. That's not his kind of thing. I know Meltzer kind of threw it out there that um, maybe this is like a Pillman type of, it may, perhaps it's a Pillman type of angle. Well, if that's the case, then that's Cody outsmarting Tony Khan to get out of his contract. Yes. And I just don't see him doing that either. Uh, it seemed like up until Monday, uh, they seemed to be working together. Cody was working as if he was still with AEW. Um, you know, they had some projects lined up he, that he was discussing with the other EVPs. The EVPs apparently had been getting along better uh, than in the past. So whatever happened on Monday, that just everything fell apart. And then uh, Tony, apparently, according to ESPN, uh, Tony found out this morning. Uh, that it was done and then wow. they issued their statement. So uh, yeah, pretty crazy. So what does this mean for roads to the top for the big show uh, game show thing he's doing? I mean, he's been like Mr. Warner brothers, Cody. So roads to the top is done. They're not okay. going to do another season now. And I'm assuming go big show. They're going to fill in, you know, have someone take his place. Yes. Well, um, I mean, WWE should have a version of Rose to the Top on Peacock, on the network, because this is the type of stuff that I think people would really gravitate toward in that behind-the-scenes drama. I know AEW can't be said on their programming, so they're going to have to find creative ways around that, but this is a huge missed opportunity in terms of Rose to the Top. That's one of the things that was trending worldwide after Cody Rhodes left is people kind of weighing in like, oh, I wonder how this would play out on a Rose to the Top. So this is a good opportunity for WWE to have some type of reality show of Cody and Brandy and how this happened, because I'd be very interested to see it. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, they do have Ms. and Mrs., but they yes. never really get as uh, behind the scenes with those, uh, with that show. And whereas Roads to the Top would, you know, they would show Cody well, rehearsing a promo and, and yeah. uh, talking about uh, why he's nervous about the promo and how it could go wrong. The, the one about Anthony Ogogo. I, I haven't seen too many episodes of it. So uh, my experience with it li is limited, but the ones I saw, it was a lot of behind the scenes, more realistic behind the scenes stuff, as opposed to, um, you know, the stuff you'd see on Total Divas. So I guess the question is, where does Cody show up first? Alfred, to you, where do you think we see Cody next? I think we see him... Ah, I, I think we'll see him at WrestleMania, but will that be the first time he shows up? Yeah, does that, he do like some question. random NWA, MLW, Impact, GC? Does he do some weird no. one-off appearance before that? If he's talking to WWE, I would be surprised if they allowed him to go around and waste that first appearance yeah. after AEW on anywhere else. If he's talking to WWE right now, which he is, I expect him to show up at WrestleMania. And you know what? Yeah, that's what I expect his first appearance to be. Alfred, are the streets texting you about this at all? Let me tell you something right now. I got word from the streets. You know, Tony Khan found it this morning. I found it this morning. I thought it was fake. I thought it was counting. Somebody was trying to work me. And I was like, oh, let's just see this thing play out. And it turned out to be real. And I couldn't believe you it. So text him Vince and you're like, this. buddy, is this real? Like, is this happening? We don't know yeah. who in the streets. But I, I didn't think it was real when I first started hearing about it. But 
Um, hey, listen, this is a, it, in WrestleMania season, so this is great momentum for WWE. Between the Stone Cold Steve Austin story and Cody Rhodes, like this really now is starting to feel like WWE has sizable momentum over AEW. And that's the first time I think I've said this since the war started, because it's really, wow. in terms of momentum and buzz, that's really kind of been dominated by AEW. Yeah. Raj, what do you think? What do you think happens from here? Um, yeah, I mean, to Alfred's point, it's been a one-way street up until now with just guys going to AEW and WWE really not minding. They're, they're releasing guys, you know, like it's like, hey, take who you want. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon on that call famously saying, uh, well, maybe we'll give him some more, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> regarding talent to AEW. So it's been uh, it's been a one-way street. And this is, you know, you talk about going the other way. It's him or Kenny Omega in a lot of ways that would are the biggest ones, biggest potential ones, because not only are they top stars, but they're also uh, executive vice presidents. And uh, the interesting thing is Tony Khan had an option on Cody's contract. So whatever happened yesterday with the lawyers and and everything, he's not exercising that option. So um, Cody's Cody's free and he could have been there another year or two, whatever. I think it was a. When it was first reported, it was a five-year deal. So I think it was three years with the two-year two option. option. See, I think I think his personal brand has gone up considerably, especially in the last year or so. But I feel like in AEW, I feel like he's cooled off tremendously as a wrestler. I feel the opposite. I think he was one of these unique characters who was getting the biggest reaction in terms of proud reaction. But it wasn't necessarily like a babyface reaction. Mm. And it wasn't wholly a heel reaction. I just felt like he was one of the most polarizing lightning rod characters in AEW in terms of half the crowd loving him, half the crowd hating him, and all of them having an opinion about him. That's really what you go for. And he was kind of developing into their John Cena. Um, so I, I felt like this type of Cody Rhodes was really interesting in terms of a character watching that crowd reaction. Yeah, it was uh, something that AEW hadn't seen where you had someone who's billed as a top baby face getting booed by half the crowd. Because AEW, basically, their crowds, they'll go along with whatever they're selling. They say, you know, this guy, this indie guy's, you know, coming in. They're going to cheer that person, and then they're going to go crazy for him. You know, they they will tow the company line for the most part. Yeah. If someone messes up in the ring, it's not like EC, even an ECW, they tow the company line for the most part. But they're not chanting "you effed up" and and this and that. They're you know very polite about it and, and going on with the show. So this is um. It's an interesting happening for sure. And what happens to Arn Anderson? I think that's what oh. I'm wondering. But Cody better get far away from there. He doesn't want any of that smoke. He doesn't want that Glock coming right. up in the, <laughs> <laughs> <following> <laughs> the WWE. I listen to this because I've seen this in the chat, and I've seen a lot of people kind of um, assume that Cody Rhodes is going to quote unquote get buried in WWE or they're not going to use him right. WWE, if that's their plan right now, it would be a very foolish plan to do anything like that with Cody Rhodes because. There's going to be a lot more AEW free agents coming up, and they're going to be paying close attention to Cody Rhodes and how he's treated in WWE. And if yeah. he is, in fact, buried a couple of weeks in, your MJFs, your Kenny Omegas, whose contract is up, your Hangman Adam Pages, they're going to look at that and be like, well, screw that. I'm not going over there. So <laughs> WWE needs to be on their best behavior with Cody Rhodes if he comes in. And I think Cody Rhodes knows that. He's a very smart man, and he learned from the best. And not just that. It's it's going to cost it's- – taking big money to get him in because he was making a lot of money. He was one of the highest paid guys in AEW. So you're not going to waste big money to bring someone on and not use them or just bury them. You know, yeah. that just makes no sense. It, just from a, just a pure monetary standpoint, it makes no sense to do that. 
if you don't mind, I'm going to grab a couple of these questions here uh, about Cody yeah. in the comments. Um, real quick, we had a super chat. Oh. Super chat, Mia Lee, 499. Uh, NXT was okay tonight. I can't wait to see Nikita, and I hope Solo drags Walter LOL, <laughs> and NXT level up might be lit. Yes, 205 Live, the show we've been saying for the last two years, like, does WWE even still know this is on the air? Uh, they found out it was on the air finally, and it's being rebranded as NXT Level Up starting Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific. Is it, it going to be before SmackDown or after SmackDown? I think it's after SmackDown. I think it's the same time slot, right? Or no? So it would be after SmackDown, so 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Right. I don't think it would be smarter to put it on earlier. Yeah, I think it would be smart to do it earlier, too. And I always felt like NXT needed a show like this back when NXT was like a super Indian. wasn't necessarily a developmental. When, like, all the stars in NXT were these veterans from the indies. And I always felt they needed a show like this now. But now NXT's back to being a developmental. So now this is going to be the developmental for the developmental. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I had actually reported on this a couple of years ago. They were planning this show before yes. the pandemic hit. And, uh, yeah, so they're finally doing it. You know, I, I I have a feeling after a few weeks, it's probably not going to be that many more people watching it than they did 205 Live. We'll see. But, um, it's, hey, it's cool. You know, I they need to give, give these developmental talent more time and more in-ring time. So another show is great. And that's basically what 205 Live had turned into. And it yeah, just made no sense that it was called. Well. Yeah, and it made no sense to be calling it 205 Live when you had heavyweights on that show. Um, a couple of these uh, comments here. Mcapsed PDO sixty four. Creative differences is why Cody is leaving. I think it goes. Uh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. It's, it was very strange from the beginning with Cody and AEW not being able to challenge for the AEW title. Yeah, they paid that off. They saw it through to the end. He never challenged for that title. And to his credit, he never officially turned heel. So Cody, a man of his word. Yeah, yeah, he stuck to his guns. Yeah. Sam Skywriter is saying Cody isn't going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> put some money on that. <laughs> yeah, this would be the worst work in history if this was. This is like, this is not how you do a work. <laughs> yeah. Stellar Justin Lopez saying, I'd have Cody confront Roman on the SmackDown after Mania. The one thing is that with WrestleMania being in such a big building for two nights in a row, and I think they're at what, like maybe 40, 50,000 tickets sold so far, yes. and they yeah. can do like 90 to 100 uh, with, this, with the stage. So you want all, you want to have your guns loaded for that show. And I think Cody, I almost don't say you don't advertise Cody ahead. Of, and well, I mean, you advertise Cody, but you don't have him appear on TV ahead of time. Or if you mm. do just a quick segment to, to hype up WrestleMania, but you don't have him wrestle. So you, you save his first match for WrestleMania. Mm. Well, see, I still think there could be a wild card in this. I mean, I, I was saying tweeting earlier today, I could see him uh, getting offered a top position to actually help manage NXT using his brand building experience from AEW. I don't think NXT is hot enough where they could pay him what he's worth, but I think there could be a wild card announcement that him and Shane McMahon or him and Billy Corgan, or he's going to get the idea that he wants to own something going forward. And maybe he'll take a, a third way rather than just going back to WWE. I mean, I could see them sweetening the pot. So it's not just a, a wrestling contract for yeah. sure. Right. Something more. And they could finally pay off his long-running uh, AEW storyline against Triple H when Triple H is feeling up to re return to the ring. 
You know, exactly. I don't know if we'll ever see that uh, Triple H return to the ring, but uh, that there's a built-in feud there. But I just wonder if they think that's because WWE a lot of times they don't like to acknowledge storylines that, especially for main roster stuff that happened outside of WWE. So yeah, but if you don't acknowledge Cody outside of WWE, there's no star power in Cody coming back to WWE. No, yeah, but I mean like him ripping Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but WWE has a history of, and they've changed in recent years, but if they do mention AEW, they would say, you know, pissant company, or they would just kind of downplay what's important. That's what really screwed up that Hogan-Ric Flair feud, is that he's a WCW champion. That was a big elephant in the room, but they treated it like it was nothing. They're like, that's not even a real title, you're not even a real champion, and they really just threw away what you would think is the selling point, WCW versus WWE. So I really don't think we're going to get too much AEW versus WWE type references uh, when Cody comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But if he shows up to confront Roman, if he doesn't win that feud, I don't think I don't think this is going to be, oh, well, he's a top star because he lost. Like, that's not a hot entrance back to the company. I, I've got a I've got an idea. Mm. Cody versus Edge. It's a big yeah. name. Oh, it, wow. it gives him a big win. It, he's not immediately getting a title, um, but it gives him a really big win on a big stage. And I think uh, it really establishes him to the WWE fans that don't follow AEW, you know, that's. It'll be interesting to see how they treat him when he comes in. I mean, I know they're going to treat him well, but how they acknowledge where he's been. Are they going to be like, oh, Cody Rhodes, he's, we haven't seen him since he was Stardust. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. or they Does he come back as Stardust? Is that, is I, that the return? That's just I, p- pissing away the investment. I just, I just want to see if he can prove my high school guidance, guidance counselor wrong and prove that somebody with a prominent tattoo can get a high paying job. <laughs> there he goes, especially on his neck. Yeah, I, I will say this. There is something else that Vince, because we're it's like a tale of two type of scenarios. There is a scenario where he went to AEW, maybe WWE's pissed. But Vince McMahon respects people who leave, make money somewhere else, and come back. That's how Drew McIntyre went from the doldrums to coming back and being their top guy. So there might be an avenue where Vince McMahon's looking at this Cody Rhodes like, hey, this guy went out and drew money and then came back. What the hell have you guys ever done? So yeah. maybe he gets priority over that. Well, and that's what he said when he left. That's what he said in his goodbye post. Like he was going out to prove himself and this was, you know, a new chapter, but he wasn't closing the door, I believe. Do you think Cody has that tattoo in in 10 years or does he do like The Undertaker where it's just like years of laser surgery until it's finally all gone? Um, I think he has it in 10 years. I think he's, I think he's committed. I think the Nightmare Factory is committed. He's in. Well, what does this mean for Nightmare Factory? Because they've been a bit of a pipeline in some of their students uh, doing all stuff. And see, that's, that's why I think the NXT idea isn't so crazy because I think he is interested in doing more than just wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's still going to be, you know, he's still involved with the nightmare factory. So yeah, yeah it, it gets murky because he had his, his, uh, his feet planted in so many different things. No, so. I hope this doesn't screw up kid bandit getting signed by AEW. Because <laughs> I'm just waiting for that to happen. Right. People's heads will explode if Kid Bandit's allowed to do their thing on a national stage. Hell yeah. What uh, else we got? Uh, Joel Woods with the 499 Super Chat saying, with no more Cruiserweight title, there was no point in the concept of 205 Live. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a dead brand for a while now. Yeah. Uh, Francesco Fagliano saying, I could see Cody versus Miz at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Oh, a mixed tag team match. Maybe we get uh, Cody and Brandy versus Miz and Mrs. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, our own uh, Justin Labar pointing out that Cody's last match, uh, last WrestleMania, was WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. Yes. Wow. Things coming f- full circle. Because it's easing the Intercontinental title match at WrestleMania yeah. with Stardust. Cody uh, could feud with Randy after he moves on from RK Bro. I could see Cody staying in the high mid card. I think that's the question is what is his ceiling in WWE? That's going to be what determines how enticing this is for him aside from the paycheck. Well, he's gotten he's gotten bigger uh, physically. Like he's, uh, you know, he's bigger. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he's definitely working out a lot more. Um, his, you know, his promo skills have been strong. So I think. I don't. I, I think a high mid card. It's possible, but I think it would be kind of a waste. I, I could see him more in that Seth Rollins role, where he's pretty much near the top. Yeah, his ceiling, going in and out of the main events. I completely agree. His his ceiling is in the main event. He is a main eventer. It's whether or not they see him or will book him as a main eventer. You look at who still watches wrestling. It's mostly hardcore fans. It's mostly people who know things behind the scene. They're going to be invested in seeing Cody Rhodes in, a, in WWE, and if they run with him, it's going to be successful. Will they is a question I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, although uh, Steve Marcuccilli, Buck 99, saying, how about Cody doing an evasion angle with who? <laughs> <laughs> we could yeah. get a, a, the Miz and Mrs. will have an evasion angle to where Rose from the top will come into Miz and Mrs. and invade that TV show. And that's all <laughs> the invasion I want to see. I don't want to see it on a WWE TV. Yeah. Yeah, again, you you need more than one person for the invasion angle. <laughs> the I mean, one man invasion. That's that's the T-shirt right there. Yeah, it's Cody and Brandy, I guess. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. thank you, Oz Eights, for the super sticker. Yeah. What else do we got here? Uh, Joel saying, "Do we get this one, Cody?" So I mean, yeah, because that's the thing. So you bring up a good point to Joel's question. So with Brandy, I mean, there are, is Brandy still under contract to AEW, or is she good to go yeah, now? She's, no, she's gone. She's Her and Cody package the deal; they're gone. Okay. Yeah, and I think they will sign her as well. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it, as an executive, I think she'll probably. I think she'll be brought on as a wrestler, um, and solely as a wrestler. Uh, Cody again returns to WWE. I mean, by the by the Raw after WrestleMania, he'll be there. So. Pretty, I mean, if you want a payday sure. and it's not ownership, that's the two things people can offer him, right? Ownership, stake, or money. And WWE is the only company you can offer him money. Yeah, but you got to be careful in what you offer Cody Rhodes because then there's going to be that trickle-down effect with that locker room and the boys saying, wait a minute now, like you're giving this guy this. And I know they're not as – maybe they're not as want to stand up to Vince McMahon. It's a different generation, so maybe generations past would have – made a fuss so they're less likely to make a fuss about somebody's pay in this generation but it still could cause a lot of drama we've heard the morale issues in wwe i don't think it's going to help their morale if some outside of AEW who quit the company and started the competition comes in and makes all this money over all those peers yeah yeah <laughs> they'll have to be like cody you sign this nda you don't tell anyone what you're making yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's two million as far as you're concerned cody, right? yeah exactly two million dollars yeah it's less than brock just you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh Shaw jenkins canadian five dollars with a comment saying i like la Knight's look i like his wrestling he's talented on the mic but my word every time he opens his mouth it's old rock austin mr kennedy raj how do you feel about la Knight? I like him. I think he's a. I think he's the star to make. You know. I think he's a potentially a big star. He's got. I think he's got everything. I do admit uh, that he's a little heavy on the the Austin, um, like leaning in on the Austin, um, you know, uh, 
whatever, whatever you call it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think he's, I think he's a superstar. So just tone down the Austin impersonation a little bit and, um, kind of make it your own. But I, I think he, they need someone like him right now. Like someone that can just own the mic that just like when he walks in, he owns the room. Uh, that's a hard thing to find in a lot of people. And he, and he does that. Yeah. Yeah. This Steve Austin comeback might be the best thing for him because it's going to be like, Hey, LA Knight, you can't rip off Steve anymore. He's back in the fold. So you got to come up with your own stuff. And if LA Knight came up with his own stuff, he's got the charisma. He could wrestle. I agree that the ingredients are there, but what ruins it for me is the fact that he is clearly, I mean, I'm not breaking any new ground uh, to your point, Raj, and to what I think a lot of people think about LA Knight is that he does do an impression of the attitude era. And if he would just come up with something of his own, I think he could be a superstar. Well, I think he's lacking. I mean, you know, Tony D is in the mafia. Chase has his university. Duke had his poker room. I mean, maybe LA Knight sells used cars. You know, we need like an occupation <laughs> to tie into the gimmick. And I think that'll take him to the next level. <laughs> you know, the ones in the WrestleMania main event usually don't have occupational gimmicks. <laughs> we got to bring that back, man. You know, and it's reflective. I mean, hiring is up. The economy's booming. I think that, you know, let's literally get these guys to work. Uh, Has there ever been anyone with an occupational gimmick in a WrestleMania main event? That's a great question. question. I don't think this. so. No. Oh, my God. That's a great question, too. Nope. They're going through it, man. I mean, is the giant Andre the giant? Is it giant? <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. No, he was selling wine or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't think we have. No. Yeah, I mean, you've had him in the main events, but not at WrestleMania. Like Big Boss Man, right. the main eventer, uh, with house shows. And yeah. I think, I don't know. Did he ever main event a pay per view? He was on a Survivor Series team. Um, yeah, Ted DiBiase, uh, Hacksaw. You could Jim argue Hugan. The Undertaker is oh, an yeah. occupation. The Undertaker, Hi. yes. Yeah. But he was never an Undertaker. He yes, was, he, was. he was. a dead that's, man. But he's the Undertaker. He was a zombie. He's the Undertaker. He's a His mortician. name is the Undertaker. But like the truck is the Undertaker, but that doesn't mean it, <laughs> it, it had a day job as an Undertaker. I always assumed he was. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, military check. He's on a pension, sure, but it still counts. He's got rank. All right. I'll give you Slaughter. Yeah. Uh, Mia Lee, Buck 99, Diamond Mine Alpha Academy Chase U segment, book it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, That's a lot there. Alpha yeah, Academy, they're on, a, they're on another level right now. Yeah. Yeah, I heard they're, they're really doing really good work. Around. I love it. Azatez, uh, hey, Raj, watch four seasons of Cobra Kai on Netflix and over the last two days, cool show. How was Vengeance Day this year? I missed the old NXT. Well, Raj, speaking of Cobra Kai... Uh, you want to plug what we're doing uh, Thursday? Yeah, you know, these Thursday nights, we're doing these special podcasts where we not only cover the wrestling news of the week, but also do some non-wrestling topics. Last week, we did uh, the Super Bowl and, and uh, our Super Bowl predictions. And the week before, we talked about Peacemaker, uh, the first few episodes. So this Thursday, we're going to be talking about Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai yeah. Season 4, looking back on it and uh, giving our thoughts on it as well as all the wrestling news of the week and our Elimination Chamber preview and predictions. So. Who knows? Cody could sign with Impact by then. Tune in yeah. Thursday. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, oh, by the way, Vengeance, uh, yes. the other question, Vengeance Day, I thought it was really good. And and we're going to get the end of that here soon, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, man. Um, oh, here we go. Terry Allen Jr., 220. Will Cody use Smoke and Mirrors theme or Kingdom? Maybe the Dash and Cody Rhodes theme. <laughs> If he comes back as Stardust, it'll be the best troll job ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm sure at some point Stardust will make an appearance either as a, uh, well, maybe not, you know, as a way to, you know, for him to do a promo and be like, this is what you guys had me doing. And I was way more than this, you know, like something like that. I could see them doing, but I think, I think he's going to have a new theme. And because this is a business of nepotism, does Dustin follow Cody? He, he said he's staying in AEW. He tweeted that he's happy in AEW and that's where he's going to be. So I don't see Dustin going anywhere anytime soon. WWE is so about youth that I just can't yeah. see them bringing him back in a wrestler role. I could see him as a trainer working at, you know, at the performance center, but you know, not as a full-time wrestler. And even though he's been really good, he's looked fantastic. Yeah. So should we dive into vengeance day? Let's do it. Let's do it. So on the sci-fi network tonight, cause a little thing called the Olympics is going on. I missed figure skating tonight to watch this. And I love figure skating. Uh, but we opened up with a group text with Toxic Attraction. Handicapping the matches tonight. Talking about what was going to happen. Uh, let's just start with the wow factor and production value. Raj, how did this feel to you as opposed to a traditional takeover? It was different. There, there are times when it feels like they're trying to be too, I don't know, hip. Uh, you know, like like trying too hard to, to reach that young demo. Uh, and this... This kind of felt like it to me, and Mandy Rose saying "bitch." I don't know. It just <laughs> somebody it, sample that. I want that laid over a Snoop Dogg track. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. It I see what they're doing. It didn't seem. It, it was different. I'll, I'll give them that. And you know what, NXT that what's that's what it's supposed to be. Trying out mm-hmm. stuff like this, trying out uh, uh, different camera techniques and different promo. Uh, vignette types and so you know it's good that they're doing it yes nxt is for old people that don't want to admit they're not young anymore (laughs) that's what it seems like but yeah this is a problem with the nxt and i had said the same criticism about the carmelo Hayes segment they had i believe it was last week where he was at a barbershop i felt like the production was right the vibe was right i liked it but the dialogue and what they were saying i think ruined the segment and i felt this exact same here i thought it was so creative to have this group text kind of thing It, it did tie into toxic attraction as these mean girls but the dialogue and what they were saying, I couldn't get over it. And so it just kind of brings it down. So if they could just get that dialogue on the same page as their production value, which they have done with like LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, I felt like that was great dialogue and production value wise. If they could just do that, that would be much better. But I, I felt like the dialogue was horrible here. I will say creatively since the last layoffs, I do feel like I've noticed a shift in the creative in that it feels less creative and less engaging than even what we were getting three months ago. Yes. Well, it feels like they're trying more now to get people out of their comfort zone as opposed to creating good storylines, you know, yeah. because they want to get these young talents out of their shells and and trying stuff that they normally wouldn't be doing. So they're ready when they go to the main roster, which, again, I, I get it. I think I think it's important to do that, too. But it's clear, like the storylines aren't really the big focus on this show. <laughs> Well, and tonight, weaponized steel cage match to open the show. Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo. This is one of those matches. Very good. Perhaps Tony D'Angelo's best match. But with this end result of Pete Dunn once again getting a win, it kind of does speak towards, is this the black and gold era? Or is this a 2.0 era in terms of who ultimately goes over? And what talent are they trying to build? Now, I guess Pete Dunn resigned with, uh, with the company. Uh, Alfred, were you surprised that Tony D once again was robbed of an important victory tonight? 
Very surprised that they did that to the GOAT. I, I thought this match flew by, and I thought it was good for what they did. I'm not a fan of weaponized steel cages. I just feel like they're a disaster every time I see them. But this was pretty good. And uh, this might have been the greatest weaponized steel cage in history, which is a low bar, but it was still good. I just felt like the pacing was good. I like the story of Pete Dunne with his hand behind his back. And I just felt like that was going to be the opening for Tony D'Angelo to beat Pete Dunne in a match like this. Is Okay, because Pete Dunne has his hands behind his back. But... Yeah, uh, he ended up winning. It's a win he didn't need, and uh, they screwed the goat, and, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think once I saw the whole show, it was the right call, just because they're moving Pete Dunne to a feud with Carmelo Hayes. Yes, and that's and that's going to be awesome. You know, Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunne. Carmelo Hayes is he he's pretty much ready. I mean, he's pretty much ready for the main roster. He he has the look, the poise. Uh, the confidence of a top star. So he's ready. And just working with someone like a Pete Dunn, uh, just getting those extra reps in, I think is just a big positive. I think it's a really smart move. So because of that, I think it was the right call. And uh, I thought Tony D man, that guy, he hasn't had many matches and he's just looking better and better Mm -hmm. and better and better. He's just keeps improving. And he kind of has, you know, he has the character down, I think he needs to work on his gear a little bit, but but uh, I think he's uh, he's getting there. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be someone to look out after. Yeah, I mean Tony D, they pay you enough. Order another sweatsito. They're not that expensive. Yeah. Get one with some rhinestones on it. Do a little flare. Let's change yeah, it up. Yeah, a little something. You know, I own like three sweatsitos. You know, like you can afford it, Tony. Uh, you could probably write a bean jacket your taxes with, too. Yeah, yeah. with the rhinestones. Yeah, um, but I worry that Tony's going to fall into that Cameron Grimes role of being a fan favorite, super over, seems like destined for the main roster, but is just going to flounder if they're not giving them wins when it counts. And and that's the problem with sometimes with the not necessarily occupational gimmicks, but the yeah, overly gimmicky gimmick. gimmicks. Yeah, yeah gimmick. like the Cameron Grimes, like you said earlier, yeah. is that you get you know you get you get kind of um, pigeonholed into like a you know, like a, a, a Heath Slater type of character, as opposed to, you know, someone that's going to be a top star. So you got to be careful when you take these gimmicks on, because if you become too much of a, a too much of a gimmick, then that usually holds you back. It's a weird balance. And this is where it feels like it's the ebb and flow, because when XT 2.0 launched, it seemed like strong characters were really what they were going for. And I feel like they've drastically pulled back on that um in recent months yeah i mean they're trying to find characters every week it's like one gimmick after another and somebody's incoming so you see a lot of vignettes but i just don't see many very many characters being built yeah yeah it's uh you know i mean honestly i'm not saying this like facetiously as a explanation but it's like you know i wonder who's in charge i mean there's hbk but who i mean rush what have you heard about this i mean is vince and bruce are they back to being hands-off I mean, they're, you know, Bruce is, you know, kind of, he, he's not doing the creative over there. Yeah. Like he's not mm-hmm. in charge of that. It's, it's pretty much, they pretty, it's pretty much Sean, you know, yeah. but they, you know, he reports up to, to Bruce who report, reports up to Vince. I mean, it's more, it's not like the buck start stops with triple H now. It's like more Bruce, but, um, yeah. But as far as the creative, I, I don't think Bruce has much to do with that, but you know, they are trying to create, um, gosh, uh, who's the the Usos cousin? I mean, the Usos brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, they've got some in there that I think 
I think have a good shot of making it on the main roster. Him especially, obviously Braun, Carmelo Hayes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully they're just trying out these gimmicks, seeing what sticks, and and then letting him go with that. Yeah, I mean this was a good match tonight. It's just funny though when you think about Walter, Pete Dunne, Champa. There's, I mean, massive generational influence from the previous incarnation still over NXT. It feels like uh, they pulled back on turning over the the reins as much to these newer talents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it you know, again, it seems like they're just trying to get them to do silly stuff a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, Raquel Gonzalez calling Cora Jade to wake her up at 5 a.m. And they're training for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um... Alfred, what'd you think of this vignette? I had no problem with it. I, I, one of the things that I've really liked about the Dusty Rhodes Classic is a lot of these tag teams have been built up in terms of their story individually in the context of this tournament. They did that with uh, Idris and Ofe and Malik Blade. I thought and yeah. it, it worked effectively in terms of the underdogs coming up. Uh, they were kind of doing it with MSK to some degree. And I like the more you tell stories about why two people came together, what is their goal? What do they hope to accomplish in this tournament? The more teams that have a story like that, the better the whole tournament will be. And I, I thought that's why this Dusty Classic was one of the better classics that they've had. Yeah. Raj? Yeah, I mean, I thought, I could see what they were trying to do. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. <laughs> I think Corey Jade, she has something. She, and um, yeah, I just think she needs, you know. Yeah. She definitely needs more ring time. Uh, Level Up will be a good show for somebody like Cora Jade to work those kinks out. Absolutely. Based on the way they're building this, I could see uh, the two of them winning based on the amount of attention their story has gotten going into the women's Dusty. I could see them coming close because it does seem like they have plans for them to feud and ultimately yeah. it's going to end up in a feud. So maybe going to the finals. finals. I okay, think so Raquel Gonzalez turns heel, to be honest. I think... Okay. She ultimately gets upset with Cora Jade for not coming through, and maybe they make it deep, and then she turns on her. I think Raquel's ready for the main roster too. Yeah. You know, and now that they got live events again, you know, a lot of these people that they call up, they could give them short matches on Raw and SmackDown, shorter matches, and then have them working live events to get even more experience in front of you know real crowds. Yeah. yeah. So we did have an NXT Women's Tag Team Title match: Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada versus Toxic Attraction. Alfred, what'd you think of this match? Kind of short, but what? Yeah, think? kind of short. And I think it should have been as fine. I think this is a fine because they've been having Toxic Attraction go very long, and I don't think they're quite ready for that length of match. And I think they had a match with Persia and Indy a few weeks ago. That yeah, like, the first half was good, and then it just kept going. It was so a thought, long match. Yeah, this is a perfect length for a match like this. I just thought it was weird that they started telling that story with Duke Hudson and Indy Hartwell in the picture on the ground. But I guess in the NXT universe, Persia Parada doesn't know that there is a picture with Indy and Duke Hudson, and she's still you know kind of smitten with duke hudson without asking any questions but uh it, this is a fine match the the, the romance storylines on nxt 2.0 or like you know something from you know jesse or those shows on yeah. the disney plus yes know, like the kids shows yeah there you would not believe that adults uh <laughs> they're definitely not written uh by adults or what you would expect from an like an adult show, the, think, a show that's trying to reach eighteen to forty nine and the script uh, relationships like this. Do you think HBK is backstage, like watching a lot of Disney Channel shows, like reading Sweet Valley Twins, and just being like, "This is great shit. I got a lift from this." Probably he's probably he's got kids. Well, they're probably no, older now. 
It's like a big Korean drama fan, you yeah. know, and he's just very into romancing. It's like, I remember on Sophia the first when she had a, she got a boyfriend. This was how I remember it going down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use my experiences. <laughs> True. Yeah, that, that coming of age booking that they do where they treat him like they're all like high schoolers. It's something they do across WWE because they did this with Reggie. Even though he didn't get his comeuppance last night, they did right. it when he was acting like he didn't know what it meant if a girl kissed him on a cheek. Oh, we're just friends. And it's just so weird to watch. I wish they had an explanation why all these NXT talents acted this way. Like, it's because they're Gen Z and they spent most of their time growing up on their phones and they're on social media. So they don't know how to interact with people. If you just told me that, then I would be able to suspend my disbelief as to why these adults are acting like this. But when I watch this, it's so ridiculous. That's interesting. I wonder if in their mind, because on the CW, you do have 25-year-olds playing 15-year-olds that they're thinking, like, I mean, in their mind, they're treating these like teenagers. It worked beautifully with the Gargano family storyline. That worked really well. But yes, there are definite states of arrested development we're seeing. I mean, like that Brooks and Dunn promo tonight, just ridiculous that that was something that was on our television. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this was good. Toxic attraction retained. We got uh Wendy Chu sighting backstage. Uh and uh she's gonna she's looking for a partner in the Dusty Classic. Um What do you guys think about the Wendy Chu character? I like it. I think uh, you know the crowd likes it. It's it's very much reminiscent of the NXT 1.0 era where they had one of these silly characters that just gets over, even if it is ironic. Uh, I think she's a good worker. She Karen Q is a good worker. So her portraying this character, I think, uh, helps in the terms of her being a good worker. It helps that character because she has credibility with this audience. But you know, I know it's not for anybody, everybody. But I, I really do enjoy this Wendy Chu. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a Orange Cassidy. That's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's this cult, kind of like this cult thing. I don't know how that'll do on the main roster, though. Um, I can't see I mean, Vince getting it. You know? No, it'll be. I mean, Wendy Chu will be in a feud with Nikki Ash, and uh, this will not. Be, she will not be challenging Ronda Rousey. No, <laughs> or maybe she will, and maybe she goes over. Who knows? I think with the gimmick change, maybe. But you know, I again, I I, I find the character kind of funny, and I find it entertaining. But I just don't see it working on the you know on the main roster. Yeah, and NXT I think it should be the- like getting ready for the main roster now. Isn't that weird? I mean, just to think about in the grand scheme of things that we went from literally being a third brand with its own identity and its passionate fan base, and now it's, I mean, it's basically like OVW in yeah. the year 2022. Well, I, what is better off for the company long term? And that third brand was not making money, it wasn't drawing. Was- paying fans it wasn't doing pay-per-view well, buys pre, so pre-pandemic it was doing i mean it was it was making money on the road pre-pandemic takeover was selling tickets in terms of yeah. arenas and whatnot, but i know I, overall in the grand scheme of things it was definitely a money loser for wwe it yeah. continues to be and yeah and it wasn't gaining momentum the rating you know the numbers on tv were dropping whereas this way you're developing stars for the main roster for the future and that's your you know that's your money yeah well, and uh, I tell you, if they'd never gone head-to-head with AEW, I think we'd be in a different reality right now. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest mistake um, to try and make the fans choose. So we had uh, – let's talk about the LA Knight promo with uh, Grayson Waller and the cops and the restraining order. I mean, uh, Roger, is this cutting-edge entertainment in your book? <laughs> <laughs> You know, again, 
you know, we're in a golden age of TV where there's so many good shows out there. I got a list so long of stuff I'm, you know, trying to get to, but there's just so many. I mean, I'm watching Succession right now, which is just fantastic. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. And you think they book, uh, you know, uh, have a storyline like this where you show some video footage to the cops, they just walk away. They're like, eh, yeah. yeah. But that being said, it is wrestling. What and whatever you, you can't take it too seriously. I thought LA Knight was great. Uh, so you know, Grayson Waller, I think he's got a ton of potential too. So. Yeah, this felt very much like they were stretching, and they knew they weren't going to have enough time with the matches they had. So I didn't feel like this was necessary, and it was kind of weird to have this public arrest a week after this happened. Uh, and I just felt like it was anticlimactic, even though it did end with a brawl and whatnot. I just felt like by the end of this, it's like, did we really need that on this pay-per-view type show? And I think with these storylines, they're not building the next Roman Reigns. They're building like the, the next Dolph. Like they're building the next mid-card guy that's going to come up, have a middling debut, get involved in a nothing feud, and then just sort of settle into, you know, whatever they've got going on. I, I, this doesn't feel main event to me. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's doing these guys any favors. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, LA Knight did come off pretty well in terms of how the crowd received him. And, sure. Um, but, I mean, he was doing the head wag. He was doing, like, full – it's like he's getting that out of his system before Austin comes back, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, did, you, yeah. Did, did you see Brock do the uh, impersonation of yes. Stone Cold? It, he sounded a lot like LA Knight. He did. <laughs> but I think about it. That was a great interview with Pat McAfee. Oh. I, I recommend anybody in the chat go watch. Because it's very rare to see Brock Lesnar just loose in his environment, talking to people. And I was just – you know, it was only 40 minutes, but I, I was astounded watching this. It was, really it, was cool. it was one of the best interviews I've seen in yeah. a long time. And Brock is like, he's like Undertaker now, where people are just fascinated seeing him out of character. And seeing him in just a loose environment, seeing him having fun, it just, it's like people are just astounded seeing him just being a normal person. So it's, yeah. it was yeah. really cool. He's no, hilarious dude. in it. You know, they were asking about Seth Rollins and the fan attacking him. And he's like, yeah, he's he had fun. some great line. Where he's yeah. like, Tell them. I effing dare somebody to do that. Yeah, to I dare them. <laughs> come do that to me. Poor Seth. <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of Dolph, uh, we saw Ciampa cutting a promo on him tonight. We'll talk about what happened with Dolph later in the show. But let's talk about Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Cameron. Not on the upswing. Long match. Good match. Carmelo getting that win, defending his title. Raj, what did you think of this? Uh, I thought I thought the match was great. I thought this yeah. was the best match on the show. Uh, Carmelo, he, you know, I just, again, like I said, I just think he's a future superstar. As long as, you know, the only thing that can hold him back is that he's not super tall. You know, and that's that usually a lot of times can be held against somebody, but I think he's got everything. So, and I thought it showed in this match. He just, he just owned it. He, yeah. he looks like a star in that ring. He, he wrestles like a star. Cameron Grimes, he's, he's really good, but they've kind of stripped away all kind of the stuff that made him unique when they, yeah. you know, cut his hair and trimmed his beard and got rid of the, the gimmick. Granted, that gimmick probably wasn't going to get him that far. It was probably going to so? be. Well, I think he would have been like in that Heath Slater type of role. But that's fine, though. He, I think he should have gone up to the main roster when 2.0 launched. I think he would have been a welcome TV edition on Monday or Friday nights. Yeah. I mean, at least it's something and you could always drop the gimmick later. Yeah. But it just feels like he just feels kind of like um, 
a face a face on the show now as opposed to someone that stands out. No, he's like a senior in his fifth year of high school. Now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been there a little too long. A little no, too I long. completely agree with that, Raj, in that, I mean, Cameron Grimes was my favorite guy in NXT at his peak when he was doing the money thing with the Dogecoin and he's telling you why he's invested. People really got into that character and they did shave his beard literally. And then since then, he does the to the moon, but there isn't so much of this character where he's rich, where he's this bombastic billionaire. And I feel like he's really lost something and they've really done him a disservice and stripped him down with this. But having said this, I thought this was the best match of the night too. I love this match. And I think Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams too are a good act together in terms of how they play off each other. Because a lot of times we see it in the NXT with this big, tall Braun Strowman ripoff, uh, Senga, and we see it in the, in the main roster too, where they just put two people together because one guy's tall and he can be the heater, but they don't really think of what the mm. act is. And I feel like they have that thought out with Carmelo and Trick. They're really good at playing off each other and, and being an act. Right. Yeah. Uh, this was, I agree. This is probably the best match of the night Carmelo won. I'm curious what they do with Grimes from here, but yes, it does look like we're going to have uh, – Pete Dunn versus Carmelo next for the North American title. Skeet Dunn. That, that's how you get that's how you get current. If you want to be current up with the storylines, you have Trick Williams call him Skeet Dunn. Skeet's back? Skeet? Yeah, I was gonna say Skeet's oh, yeah. back. Kanye brought it back. If you Kanye's been wilding all over the place. So. And weirdly coinciding with spoiler alert, Skeet Ulrich's return in the latest Scream movie. I oh. think uh, you know, it's oh, spoiler alert. The year of Skeet. Oh, I have not seen the new Scream movie. You just ruined it. And it's a, it's a minor present. It's just like a flashback thing. <laughs> I but, did see him in Riverdale. Oh, oh yeah, he was right. on that show. Yeah, the year of Skeet, 2022. Mark yeah. your calendars. <laughs> um. So backstage, so we've got Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. They're going to be teaming up in the Women's Dusty. That looks like it's going to be fun. Um. MSK versus the Creed Brothers tonight. NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic final. And Creed getting that win. Alfred, is this the outcome you were expecting? Giving how MSK has had like an amazing amount of screen time in rebuild in the last few months. I was very much expecting this because MSK did not need this. Uh, the Creed Brothers could use this to make them just like they made MSK last year with this tournament. And I feel like they made another tag team. And this was great chemistry. I felt like it was a perfect styles clash in terms of these two big brooding guys against these two high flyers. I felt like the match was a little short. I wanted a little more by the time it was over. And I feel like a year from now when the Creed Brothers are more seasoned, they're going to have a phenomenal match if they ever cross paths. But I, I really like that dynamic of the big guys with MSK because MSK hasn't fought too many tag teams like the Creed brothers that are these bigger guys. So this is like a breath of fresh air to me. And Raj, what do you think? Are you, are you embracing Creed with, with arms wide open? <laughs> See what you did ah! there. <laughs> um, I don't know when they cut a promo, I'm just like, Oh, you know, like it's uh, especially this, this, the smaller Creed. But I mean, they, they need work on the character uh, aspect, but they, they, you already see in the ring that they're They're going to be really good. And uh, to, to Alfred's point, I agree hundred percent. I was surprised how short this match was. It felt yeah. like it never fully got going. And uh, MSK, you know, if they're not going to get any better in the ring. So either you move them up to the main roster or are they in NXT for life? Like just someone that's going to be, you know, wrestling all these up and coming tag teams. And I think, 
I think, you know, and that's one thing that got me tonight is just how many of these talents I saw that seem ready for the main roster. Yeah. We haven't had a big wave of call-ups in a while. It's been no. more incremental. Now, who's the last? Um, Zealy. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the last. Yeah, that, that was. Tony Storm there for a minute. Yeah. Um, the main roster could really use MSK. There's, it's not. I mean, they need like top baby faces, but that's a booking problem. They need to just be more creative with the baby face they have on the main roster. But in terms of a, that dynamic new high flying tag team, MSK would fill a void, I think, in WWE. I mean, now they're now they're starting to get the Lotharios or the Lethal Lovers going and whatnot. But MSK is ready made. They need to have them in that type of spot. Yeah, they could do some great stuff with you know like the Street Profits. Actually, I think I think we're getting to the point where Montez. Um, I don't know if he turns heel, but he he's a single star. I, I could I'd like to see him kind of break away a little bit. I would love to see MSK versus the Usos, New Day. I think uh, there's a lot they could do. Yeah, Tez leaving us, Raj, after oh, making no. a serious contribution to your daughter's college funds tonight. Uh, Seven ninety nine <laughs> super chat. So I'm going to watch The Office and The Last Dance on Netflix next. Yeah. Thoughts on Cody Rhodes and his wife being gone from AEW for good? NXT better than NXT 2.0? LOL. I mean, uh, I mean, kind of the same th thoughts we had earlier. I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't say it's a game changer, but it's a huge deal. And I think, uh, you know, kind of what Alfred mentioned earlier is if they use Cody, right, it shows other AEW talent uh, that they could be used right if they come in. And like, so if WWE calls you, they're not messing around and they'll, they'll do something with you. So it's, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. This could open the, the, the wars again in a real, real way. If they do this right now, hundred percent. No, I agree with you, Glenn. It, it's kind of the official start to this war. Now that an AEW guy is finally going to WWE, we think nothing's been officially confirmed, but we do. I think a lot of people believe that Cody Rhodes going to WWE is imminent and WWE had really been kind of no selling downplaying, not really able to sign a lot of AEW guys. But now that we have that dynamic introduced into these wars, it's going to make it even better. Yeah, you know, three years ago, you know, we would talk about like how there's that honeymoon period. And granted, look, it's been three years. It's a long honeymoon period, but we hadn't seen the contracts coming up. Yeah. And it was really in the last year where you're really starting to see AEW stockpile talent. A lot of guys not being used, starting to hear more and more rumblings of people, you know, feeling a little frustrated of not getting used on TV, on, on Dynamite and Rampage. So you know, the next year when we're starting to see all these big contracts come up is, is going to be a really interesting one. Yeah. We got another vignette from Nikita Lyons tonight trying to undo that damage that first vignette did two weeks ago. Um, I like her so much, her in-ring ability. I think she's got a great look. I think she can get a great promo. But when they let her get on the mic to drop some bars two weeks ago, that was really tough to come back from. Raj, how are you feeling about this? Are you excited to see her in the ring? Uh, it, she just needs time, <laughs> you know. So uh, she's very green. You know, I, there was a lot of times where I feel like NXT shouldn't be on national TV. They don't make much money off this show. It should be on Peacock. Don't expose them to you know six hundred thousand people each week or whatever it is. You know, keep it down to a smaller audience so they could work on their screw ups. They don't have to feel so intimidated uh, and. You know, just keep it like what developmental should be. They're not making the, the, taking NXT away from USA does not make a dent in their uh, revenue. Mm. 
Alfred, tonight was the song better than her uh, Speaking My Truth freestyle two weeks ago? Uh, I think anything is better than that. But I feel like they're all over the place with Nikita Lyons because she had the freestyle that we talked about three weeks ago. Last week, she was doing MMA. She was like <laughs> an MMA fighter doing all these shadow boxing. This week, she's playing the guitar because, you know, the story of her father being a rocker, her mother being a groupie. They need to decide what they want her to be. And it's kind of like pick an occupation. <laughs> she, she's got like Mr. Perfect. Like one week oh, yeah. he's bowling, the next weekend he's throwing himself touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> Have we uncovered what band her father was in yet? Oh, I don't know. What What do you think? She should be. Is, is it Creed? Is it Scott Staff? Is that her father? <laughs> no, I see. I was gonna think it was gonna be some like '80s hair metal because from the photo they flashed, it was like, oh, it's gonna be like Trickster or Slaughter or White Lion or something uh, like that. But uh, Glass Tiger, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Striper if you really want to throw a curveball into the mix. Uh, whenever I, I hear know. Creed, I still think Michael B. Jordan. And then, <laughs> well, then Apollo. You, I'm, I'm envy. I'm envious of you, Raj. That that's the first thing you think of when yeah. you hear Creed. Um, I think of Scott Stapp on Celebrity Poker Tournament. Mm. Uh, <laughs> struggling to stay awake in former coherent sentence. Um, yeah. But no, look, I think uh, Nikita, I think in the ring she's going to surprise a lot of people. Her performance on... 205 Live was good. Her stuff in Women of Wrestling was good. But yeah, I think these promos... We, we got to see her in action. She's got to dominate. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, John Jordan, $5 super chat. Unless Tony Khan course corrects, he's going to get got by the chess master. Jericho will be back in the WWE fold before too long. Marathon, not a sprint, right? What was with Jericho in that cryptic tweet the other day about, I haven't forgotten about you, Kevin Owens. Sounds like his contract might be coming up. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> maybe playing both sides. But it's contract season. It is. Uh, I thought they optioned his contract, so he still got until January. But yeah, I think he's got quite a bit of ways actually to go with his contract. Right this is when you start putting it out there that you've got less than a year on your contract, mm-hmm. letting people know without telling people. Yeah, I mean Tony Khan can afford to keep everyone and keep stockpiling. He's not beholden to shareholders the way WWE is. Yeah, but they do. You know, it was it was in the Observer the, the other day that. They do have a budget still, and uh, mm. and apparently there were a couple people recently that they didn't sign because it yeah. it, uh, it would have been too much. Interesting. Um, t- times are hard for billionaires right now. We don't talk <laughs> about that enough. <laughs> Poor billionaires. <laughs> Where's their GoFundMe's? I'm just saying. Uh, so, but, but but with Jericho, I just don't see what he does in WWE. Yeah, he'll well, be over fifty. You know, fifty-one by then. No, he gets yeah. an edge schedule, and he gets to come in and do three matches a year. He gets the KSA payday, um, and he gets to tour with Fozzie and do his podcast and just you know hang out in Florida, right? I mean, not a bad life if you can make better money doing that than he can in AEW. Yeah. And that KSA payday, that's a pretty good negotiating ploy. I know, I mean, I'm not sure what the bonuses look like for these WWE superstars who go, but if you're negotiating with WWE, that could be a bargaining chip where they say, okay, we go to Saudi Arabia a couple of times a year. And so we'll, you know, you'll get a, a percentage from that or you'll we'll up your pay based on that. So that's another thing. That's what I think is bringing Steve Austin back, to be honest, is that maybe he's seeing that in the future, you can work some of these Saudi Arabia shows and make $2 million in one night. I'm sure that's been offered to him before, though. So I think he's got to be have been offered an obscene amount of money, you yeah. know, like because 
over, you know, it's almost 20 years. You got to just think that he's seen every offer since then from not just Vince. I'm sure Tony Khan has uh, had his talks with Steve. So how do you think, and maybe things like some of the undertakers last matches, I mean, maybe that's dissuaded him. Maybe he's afraid of going out there and like tarnishing his own legacy if he can't give the fans the performance. Although with Austin, Austin doesn't need to have a super physical match. Well, if he's working, the problem with, you know, a lot of these other guys like uh, Undertaker, I think people keep thinking of the Goldberg match. But then he had that match where it was him and Roman against Drew and uh, I think it was Shane McMahon. Yeah. And then that match tore the house down. That was one of his last matches. So, you know, with the right, when he's in the ring with a younger guy that can go, he can have a good match. And that's what, you know, Steve's going to be there with Kevin Owens. And they don't have to do a lot of big bumps. They just brawl in the crowd, brawl all over the place, um, use weapons and, you know, a, a bunch of furniture and a lot of beer. A lot of beer. Get beer and it'll get the crowd going. You don't have to do, you know, you look at Rock versus Hogan. There weren't a lot of big bumps, but that match got people going like crazy. And I'm sure they could do that. Yeah. So Imperium in the ring. Gunter, name change, not going so hot. Um, crowd, really not on board with this. Uh, chanting, yeah, Channel Falter, USA. And confronted by Solo Sokoa, so Solo versus Walter, or pardon me, Gunter. Uh, Alfred, how are you feeling about that? Here for it. Never even thought about it. Never knew I needed it in my life. But when he showed up, I was like, okay, this is going to be dope. Because Solo Sokoa had that arm burner of a match with Boa where they were just yeah. beating the crap out of each other. And I think that's his strength, especially with his skill level at the moment. He should be in these types of brawls, um, kind of like what we're saying with Austin, where it does limit what you can do, uh, but it you know it hides your weaknesses. And I think uh, Solo Sokoa and Walter Gunther in a brawl is going to be lit. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great idea. I agree. And Solo, he he's a natural. He's gonna he's gonna be there sooner than later. Yeah. Oh, I think Solo's uh, family connection is actually keeping him from the main roster more than anything because they don't know what to do with that. Right, like the right, yeah. You know, but he's ready. He's been ready since day one. I mean, that yeah. guy is money in the ring. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, so then we come to the main event, the NXT title match, Santos Escobar versus Braun Breaker. And they let Braun uh, light a big Vengeance Day V on fire and walk out to the ring, kind of telegraphing that he was retaining tonight. But Raj, how are you feeling about Braun in this match tonight against Santos? Uh, he, I thought he looked good. Um, why were the fans? I, you know, I was all, I was still getting uh texts and stuff throughout the the show. Um, why were fans booing Braun at the end? I'm yeah. what did I miss? I was asking the same question. I was thinking that is, is it the John Cena thing? Is it is he being treated like a new John Cena where they feel like he's being forced? And so now there's that you know inevitable backlash, but I have no real reason. I don't know if we're going to find out something about Izzy's family in a week or something, but I don't know why they were booing him, but it was very, very obvious that they were booing him toward the end. Yeah, I thought maybe he botched a spot or something, but uh, or maybe it was the spear and doing a Goldberg move. I don't know. It was was weird because they weren't booing him throughout the match, but, you know, Braun, he's a a superstar. Um, Yeah. Santos Escobar, I think he's he's got the package too. I think he's, you know, if if they give him the chance, I think he could be a big star too. Look at Del Fantasma. They're another like fifth year senior feeling faction. It feels like they would do very well on the main roster, 
Um, I think that, you know, they're probably a year past their time to move up. And with Santos tonight, I mean, no point did I think he was winning, but I think he's always very good in the ring. There was attempted interference by Dolph Ziggler. Tommaso Ciampa took care of him, furthering their feud in the match they're going to have next week. Um, I don't know. I mean, where does Braun go next from here? What I like is that they're lining up a lot of challenges from him. I mean, they've got Solo, they've got Gunther, so maybe the winner of that is going to face Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Ciampa's calling him out. So they're really building up this division, and I think it's going to be Braun Breaker versus Dolph is going to be the next place we go because he did get involved in this. Yeah, but, you know, what you just said there, um, Alfred, uh, uh, Braun Breaker versus Gunther, that'd be be crazy. That feels like a big match, you know, for NXT standards. And that's a match I think Gunther could win because I wouldn't – feel like Tommaso Ciampa, Dolph Ziggler, or Solo would be able to beat Braun. But in terms of Gunther versus Braun, I could see them putting the title on Gunther. And then you have Braun go to the main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Braun is the only 2.0 talent that they consistently believe in thus far. Yeah. So real quick, Lewis Baranda bringing up that there were lots of Escobar fans on the camera hard side. Uh, the announcers pointed out oh, that right. this was the anniversary of, oh, okay, of Eddie Guerrero winning the title. Uh, Escobar went for the frog, frog splash. The crowd was chanting Eddie. Ah, gotcha. And he did yeah, wear long funny. tights in tribute to Eddie Guerrero very much, which I prefer. I think he looked great tonight. I think his gear is always great, but I think this gear was great. Yeah, he looked great. So with Dolph coming back to our, our coming to NXT, do we get a rekindling of the Dolph Mandy storyline? <laughs> I mean, do people I totally still remember that? But yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we get a reference. Something. This was a good main event, but tonight, I mean, there weren't really a lot of unexpected surprises tonight. This felt kind of perfunctory in many ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like that's what the NXT 2.0 specials are kind of like. You, you do your matches, but it's not like you have some new debuting talent like they used to have back in the day when NXT 1.0 or. You have Drew sitting at ringside or, you know, uh, where you kind of introduce new characters. It just feels like they're not doing that anymore. Well, and maybe it's a testament, given that the average viewer age is like in their 50s, that Vengeance Day, that this is what Valentine's Day becomes when you're older. It's just a very perfunctory experience. No surprises. You're just going through the motions and really fulfilling your obligations. So touche, WWE. Justin Lopez pointing out Dolph was wearing a Toxic Attraction shirt. That is correct. So there you go. Toxic Attraction, I still think, is a lot of mileage left in dominating the NXT women's division. Yeah, they're a pretty good act. I could see them um, for a while. I mean, the Toxic Attraction tag team, JC Jane and uh, Gigi Dolan, need a little more time, but um, I could see it. Yeah. And with Mandy, she doesn't seem in a hurry to get out of there, to get out of NXT again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This has been her best run by far. And she had a lot of big main event coverage uh, uh opportunities so uh on the main roster Hojo to go- her, her little yeah. run with otis was that was really great but that was that, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't really about her wrestling right 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 yeah it's you one know. of the big what ifs in wrestling if they wouldn't have had the pandemic and they would have gone to wrestlemania and they kissed and vince hears that crowd going i think otis is on his way to being like a world title contender honestly yeah Hojo to go Belinsky, five dollars saying brandy ooh controversial brandy is not a main roster women's wrestler she would need to go the lana route I mean, she's not the best wrestler in the world, but I mean, you look at those AEW promos, she was getting nuclear heat. You could argue as to why. I mean, if you showed WWE the, 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 how those fans reacted to Brandy Rhodes when she was talking, and she can talk, 
I think there's a lot of value in her. And you want to talk about Lana. Lana was very valuable as well in terms of being a talking figure in storylines. And that and, was one thing in AEW I felt like they didn't do a good job with was her character. Like she was yeah. all over the place. One one minute she's uh, this dark, sadistic manager of the Nightmare Seductive, and then she's managing Red Velvet, then she's wrestling, then she's a baby face with Cody. I mean, she was just, and then, you know, she was just all over the place. And they just never had a, even when she did that thing with um, uh, Dan Lambert, where she comes out, the first thing she, Dan Lambert's like one of their top heels. First thing she comes out and says is she insults the city. It's like, it was just all over the place. And I felt, I feel like with WWE, they would, you know, they'd keep it a little more consistent. Well, and that's going to be the question, right? Because we see that there's almost a currency exchange when you go from one promotion to the other and you look at like AJ Styles coming in you say, okay, being a top guy in impact is worth roughly this in the WWE. So what does being a top star in AEW, you know, is this going to be like Canadian where it's just like, Oh, it's sorry, 80 cents on the dollar. This is your standing. Um, this is going to be establishing that baseline, which every other AEW talent is going to be paying attention to. Yeah. And I think, you know, Brandy has a ton of charisma. So I think, I think just finding the right role, it, maybe it doesn't have to be wrestling, you know, uh, yeah. it, it could be as a manager or some other, some other type of role, but she's, I mean, she, you know, she stands out on, on the screen. She's, yeah, uh, and she's, she, you know, she's a great promo uh, with the right, with the right direction. I'm telling you, it makes no sense whatsoever financially, but seriously, her and Cody in charge of NXT, like on screen and with a little bit of reality to that would be great. Although, you know, she could be a GM. They could bring her in for Raw or SmackDown and maybe do something there and keep her as a strong on-camera talent. I don't know. I could see her doing something like that. Why do they have her and Cody? I think you, there's a great dynamic there. If they want Cody to be a top heel, and yeah. I don't think they'll shy away from Cody being a heel in WWE, have Brandy cutting promos, and I think they could they could get a ton of heat. Yeah. But I'm afraid that they're just going to write a check give them a good debut and then squander. I mean, they, we were talking about that. They would be fools to do that at this point. I can see them doing that come 2024 when maybe they get a crop of AEW people in and then they can have all their WWE guys beat the AEW guys. Like wait until then to get petty with your contracts, but don't do it this early with Cody Rhodes. I think it'd be a big mistake. Yeah, it's especially exciting. when you're going to be paying him a lot. Yeah. Raj, could you imagine how not lucrative and boring it would be to cover this industry if it were coherent or credible or adhered to any sort of logic, <laughs> the dysfunction <laughs> is really what's keeping it afloat. Yeah, chaos. Chaos keeps things interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything else we didn't cover tonight? That was that was Vengeance Day. Um, Good show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah although, quite quickly, how do you think the numbers compare on Sci-Fi this week to last week? I think they're up. I think they're, you know, it's funny. I think they're going to get a little bit of a bounce because of this Cody story, not only because it was just all day long, but Cody could have technically shown up in NXT 2.0 tonight. And I think there might be a little crop of people who believe, oh, let's check this out. When they were showing the Dusty video, I really thought, or even at the end, I was like, well, if you want to, but again, financially, it's a bit squandering the, the opportunity. But yes, I absolutely thought it was possible tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, technically they could have, but it would have been a bad move. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to waste that you know this is the story of this and austin are the story of the year so far so you don't want to waste it on nxt i i, I do think the rating will be up quite a bit man raw was up huge yeah, 1.6 million 6, viewers 15 percent 
up 15%. The 18 to 49 demo was a uh, 0.44. Those numbers beat a lot of the episodes on USA. So yeah, mostly during football season, but still, I mean, this was not in the top 10 of the lowest rated shows. Like I think a lot of people thought, you know, with it being on a, not only is it on sci-fi, but they hardly advertised it. It's like, they barely mentioned next week. You got to make sure to tune into sci-fi. It was, you know, an email here that has the sci-fi logo on it. And that's, they didn't really do much. So, so it's a really of, good number. What kind of bump does dynamite get tomorrow night? Ooh, because originally I was going to say it was going to be down because last week they were up so much and they had the big surprise. I, th I still think it's going to be down, but do you think this story will help? Um, Look, interest? I think, uh, you know, a lot of people bought NWA's 100 miles and running because they wanted to hear what they were going to say about Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always that factor. That brings people in. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be down, but not as much as they probably would have otherwise. Do we hear any Cody sucks or F you Cody chance tomorrow night on Dynamite? Maybe in the crowd. Mm. That's what I mean, yeah, by the crowd. It's going to be interesting. I mean, honestly, next time Dustin is on screen, um, it's you know, I can almost see the Bucks trying to draw some heat from it. It seems like the sort of mugging for the camera, smarmy thing they would do. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of ways this could go. Yeah, it's interesting because normally they'd make a snide remark over, you know, a big story that's happening in, in the wrestling world. Um, I don't know if they do that with Cody. And maybe just out of respect for what he did, you know, to the company helping being one of the founders. Maybe they have an edict, like no Cody references. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see if they try and go ultra classy and high road with it and then see how their fans react to it. I can see them doing that. I mean, they usually do that. I mean... Just look at how well they treated, you know, Brody's family after he passed. And uh, WWE never did that, you know, for, yeah. for anyone. And so, I mean, they they usually go the classier route. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, cool, guys. Well, I think we covered everything tonight. Every single thing in the world of wrestling that matters was discussed this evening. So, tomorrow night, AEW, tune in to the Wrestling Inc. podcast for all the coverage of Dynamite Thursday. Myself, Raj. Isa, Isa. yeah, cool. Talking about Cobra Kai, and uh, who knows? By that point, half the AEW roster could have left, be signed to WWE. We don't know. Tune in Thursday. We'll have the, the up to the minute coverage. Uh, follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. Raj is at Rajgiri underscore three hundred three. Follow me at Glenn Rubenstein. I don't tweet as much lately, but when I do, it's golden. And uh, we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone. Good night.